Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Ultra Posty Thoughts in My Head podcast. I am your host, Adam Lee. Thank you once again for joining me. I'm so grateful, as always, that you've tuned in. So many podcasts out there, and I appreciate you giving me a little bit of your time. I've got Chantel Erickson. She's a Personal Peak Certified Running Coach on the cast today. Really, really happy with that interview and all the information. Quickly before I get to that, I'm looking for your two best trail running tips. There is a link to the forum here in the podcast. Click on that. Give me your two best tips. I'm going to put that together for all the new trail runners out there coming out first day of summer. But today is about Chantel. Here we go. Today's guest is Chantel Erickson. Chantel, aka The Mother Runner, is a Personal Peak Certified Running Coach, columnist for Canadian Running Magazine, and a great ultra runner herself as she's landed on the podium a couple of times. She currently calls Lethbridge, Alberta home, and she has a great personal mantra, if you believe it, you can achieve it. Chantel, thank you so much for taking the time today. No, thank you so much for having me, Adam. This is, this is going to be fun and exciting. I really appreciate the excitement already. That's awesome. I love your mantra too. I think I believe it more than ever. Uh, that, a lot of that has to do with my own personal experience working with a coach. You really allow us as the athlete to just do the stuff. And as long as we give honest feedback, you kind of give us that path to grow stronger and do so in an injury-free way. Can you kind of tell me how you take on an athlete and get them started on that journey? Yeah, for sure. So um, super unique. I coach with Personal Peak and their kind of home base is out of Calgary. And so lots of different ways which people reach out to me. Sometimes I, I find an athlete through the sharing of things on my social media. And sometimes they're just generally Googling and looking for a coach and Personal Peak comes up. And then, you know, they'll go through coach bios and maybe somebody will pick me or select me. So it comes as like an entry to my email. And I do a chemistry call. So I get on a Zoom call. And I do a chemistry call because Adam, honestly, I think it's really super important that you have a vibe with your coach. And I think mm -hmm. um, the number one thing is, is that you can trust your coach, uh, that your personality meshes with your coach and that your coach understands you and what your goals are. And, you know, this is a, this is a people job and um, there's lots of things that get woven into coaching, um, you know, being an advice giver, being a support system, being a sounding board. And so I think it's really important for that athlete to know me and for me to share who I am. Also, I share um, kind of our personal peak um, philosophy. We have a philosophy, we have what we call the race car model. And so I share that. I kind of share how our coaching company in particular uses polarized running as our coaching method. And it's really important that athletes know and understand that because it might be a change for them. Most of my athletes, it's a change to come in and train very polarized. And then also as well, we train by time at personal peak and not by mileage. And so that can be a real shift for people. So getting all that out front and kind of explaining the whys behind that is something that I do when someone's interested in working with me. Very cool. Could you get into the polarized thing a little bit? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I was a new, so I've been coached for several years. And when I actually, because I'm an athlete of Personal Peak as well, and I'm coached by Personal Peak, the owner. And, um, and it was new to me then too. And so the shift was learning to slow down in your mm. running, to slow down in order to speed up. So I was your typical from one race to the next race to the next race, as well as I was also a fitness instructor at that time. Um, teaching 18 classes a week, probably 12 of those physically, and just kind of living in that endorphin high all the time and showing up for my runs with lots of energy, but really 
over the number of years, I began feeling the negative effects of the way that I was training. And it was just because I was doing too much and um, just not having any knowledge um, physiologically and scientifically of how the body works and how important rest is and recovery is in your program. So polarized running is very much just kind of two polar opposites. So we call them your zone ones at personal peak. And that's kind of like your easy effort pace zone. So basically if you and I were beside each other running, we should be able to have a full conversation without any breathlessness for an hour and and not struggle whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Basically it's your forever pace. And then on the opposite side of that, we have your zone four, zone fives. And those are kind of like your speed work zones. So the upper thresholds of your heart, anywhere from like 80 to hundred percent heart rate, basically. And the issue with running is typically when we turn our watch on and then just go to in nat- into natural stride, 90, I would say 90% of runners are probably running in their zone two and zone three zones. And by the way, when I speak of these zones, I'm speaking of them kind of like from the personal peak standpoint, um, you know, our zone one might be, you know, some, some other coaching companies kind of zone two. So it just sort of depends. Coaching companies have different, different little mechanisms. Of course. Yeah. So, so yeah, polarized running means that you're going to be spending around 80% of your time running slow and 20% of your time running hard. So break that down to a week, you know, in an athlete, let's say an athlete's training six days a week, um, probably two to three of those are going to be hard workouts. Uh, one of those is going to be a long run. And then um, the rest of it's going to be recovery at your easy pace and warming up in your zone one as well. So polarized also comes into effect in, in the actual single workout having a proper warm up in your zone one and a proper cool down. And the middle component of your run has some sort of um, structure and framework to it, such as speed work and intervals or hill work, et cetera. Gotcha. I, um, I imagine that there's some strength training that's a part of that. And I imagine that you have some athletes that probably prefer to stay at home. Do you have advice uh, <laughs> for the, for those that like that? For sure. Lots of my athletes, I would say maybe just one or two of them use a gym outside of the home. Most of them have their own setup at home. Um, yeah, you know, when it comes to working out at home, it's just having a plan. And so like um, we weave the strength training into our programs at Personal Peak. And so our athletes actually get a strength workout alongside their endurance coaching program. However, um, I think it's working with what you have and knowing that you can use really super simple tools and get a really effective workout. So you don't have to have super fancy equipment at home. Your body weight is excellent training ground. And when someone's just getting started, you should really just truly be starting with your body weight and learning how to push and pull that. Um, Using mechanisms and tools, even like a sturdy chair, um, bands, those are super inexpensive and don't take up a lot of space. Uh, A basic pair of dumbbells. Um, you really don't need much, but it's making sure that you load your strength training days, especially your harder strength training days on the same days that you have your harder interval workouts, because we really want to create a work to rest to work to rest ratio. So on the days that you do speed work or hill work, you want to, I know it sounds hard to do, but you want to load your strength training workouts on the same day. And then, so the body has the next day to go into full recovery which means you can still run a recovery run and do some yoga and some flexibility training, but we need that important 24 hour recovery clock for the body. And so that we're not just constantly breaking down the muscle fibers and breaking down the muscle fibers and never giving the body time to replenish itself and grow. 
obviously uh, athletes, we, we rely on our coaches for sort of that knowledge and building us up the right way. I kind of want to go back to an earlier answer. I know you had mentioned uh, the coaching thing is, is like a, a big part of it is the people. And I had another run coach on re, uh, recently who had mentioned that that was the biggest um, thing that she had learned was dealing with people is so, so big, such a big part of the job. Is there something about working with people that really resonates with, with you? Yeah, for sure. So I'm, I'm basically a people addict. So I love, I'm an extrovert. I love people. People energize me. Um, I think what's neat is that with every athlete comes a unique situation. And as a coach, um, oftentimes that unique person comes with unique um, challenges. And so to use some of my own athletes as an example, you know, I coach a diabetic runner. I coach people who uh, have come to me with uh, histories of injuries I coach people from, uh, you know, 20 year olds all the way up to 55 year olds right now, currently in my training roster. Um, I coach people who, um, have recreationally run for a long time and I coach people who are brand new to it. And so, I mean, the breadth of people keeps me on my toes as a coach. It keeps me in a position of constantly learning, which is really important as a coach. We don't have, we're not perfect. We don't have all the answers and it keeps us in the research mode and making sure we're staying up on top of relevant physiology and, and, um, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, staying, staying in the loop with our athletes, but yeah, um, it really is a people job. And I think communication isn't the most important skill as a coach because, and trust, because if you can build trust with your athlete and have a really great communicative relationship, then your athlete's not going to be afraid to tell you if they hurt something or your athlete's not going to be afraid to tell you, you know what, this week's been really crappy and I've had a really low, mental health week and just haven't been up on my game. And I mean, that's how we help you, you know, and Mm -hmm. where I coach, I rejig programs all the time. It's pretty much every week I'm rejigging something. You know, I, I literally just answered an email before I hopped on with you. My athlete just ran the Brooklyn half marathon. She decided to stay a week longer in Brooklyn and work remotely out there with her job. And so she's like, Hey coach, I only got one uh, recovery, one interval workout done post-race. I'm, I'm just, it's not happening this week. No problem. I'll rejig the plan and just, you know, draw it back a bit. So we build your progression correctly when you get home and it's those kinds of flexible things. So being able to communicate and just listen to your athletes at the end of the day, Adam, I'm, I'm here to coach a person's goals and dreams. I'm here for them and to keep them on track um, with their goals. And I, I sometimes have to full circle my athletes back, constant reminders to their initial paperwork of what their initial goal was. Cause sometimes we get off track. It's like, remember this was your goal. Your goal was to have an injury free season or your goal is that marathon that's still nine months out, not the race that's coming up in three months. So things like that. That's so good um, for us as again, as the athletes to have that personal relationship, we need to be able to reach out to the coach at any time and say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. Uh, The personal connection is so important. I want to ask you about a personal project. You've got a nonprofit for youth, uh, bridging your passion for running and cycling into a physical literacy mentorship mentorship program. Yeah. (laughs) Could you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, um, my 
my uh, organization is still very much in the infancy stages of development. So it's not fully kind of uh, red carpet rolled out yet. Um, there's lots of work I've learned uh, in terms of setting up a nonprofit. And for me, um, I career shifted actually last year. And so my main job was a fitness instructor. And now I work um, as a financial broker and an, and an insurance broker. So I had a bit of a career shift. And so I had to sort of pull the um, brakes back on the rolling out of my nonprofit. However, um, one thing that I've been working on is just learning um, how to run a board, um, which is really super important um, for my organization. So I, I sit on um, the Lethbridge Sport Council where I live, and I, I'm actually in the executive for that. So there's been that's part of my homework in terms of setting up my own organization is just sitting on a board, understanding boards and leadership and knowing who I want on my board. So um, so it's very much in the infancy stage. but. Basically, the heart and the premise of it is to develop, um, to, to find young girls um, early in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I found running when I was 20 years old. And I wish I found, I, I had sort of dabbled into it in high school, but I wasn't an athlete in high school. I was, I was more of an academic in high school. Okay. And so I found uh, athletics in my 20s uh, recreationally. And so my desire is to reach girls at a younger age and stage because I really believe that running is the best sport on the market. And I think that um, it gives us so much more than physical accomplishment. I think that running helps us find uh, a bigger version of ourselves. Um, And I just, I want to give that to youth while they're young, because I really think that that would give them a leg up in their twenties and, and in society, you know, in terms of understanding the possibilities out there and teaching them how to make big goals and, and, and break them down into small sizable uh, opportunities, like learning how to run or learning how to trail run or learning how to mountain bike um, and, and learning, you know, physiology and work rest ratio and how to properly train and how to properly fuel your body with nutrition and to have respect for your body and to, appreciate what your body can do and not the way your body looks and that's my big thing with youth is let's talk about our bodies in terms of like what we can do with our bodies because they're amazing machines that we you know we control from our brain center and we power up from our mind and so that's kind of the the premise there is to reach out while they're young grab them while they're young and then hopefully set them up for some even better success than I had so that sounds incredible, Chantel. I love the idea. Can you quickly tell us a little bit more about where people can work with you and hook up with you? For sure. Yeah. So you can find me on the personalpeak.ca website and uh, my my bio will be under the coaching profile there. And you can actually, um, you can request a, a chemistry call with me. My email address is chantal.erickson at personalpeak.ca. And uh, I love making friends on Instagram as well. And my handle on Instagram is at runningmama85. Perfect. I'll make sure everything's linked, of course. A huge thank you to running coach Chantal Erickson. Huge thank you to all of you for listening. Shout out to race volunteers everywhere. And until next time, I'm Adam Lee, and this is Ultra Posty Thoughts in My Head. Ah!